Number Gimel on the base, and we're at the Mishnah, which is about two thirds of the way down. All right, it's where the wide lines are, third of the wide lines. Number Gimel on the base. Okay. Yep. Right. Let's start. Um, Arama Alkansepo Everyone please mute. Somebody who says while davening. Disturbing. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, someone's not muted and the noise is disturbing. Oh, can, can you all... Uh-huh. Okay. Um, if somebody says, talking to Hashem while davening, that you are so compassionate that it even extends Al-Kansipah to the bird's nest. This obviously refers to the um, mitzvah in Bashalah, which says that if you want to take the, the children, the, the young birds, then, then send the mother bird away. Send away the mother. So, if you look at this, it would appear to be an act of mercy. And therefore, if you say, your mercy, Hashem, extends to a kansipa, to the bird's nest, you will see that in a minute this is not a good thing. Or somebody who says, for all good things, I bless your name. Or Maidim Maidim. Or somebody who says twice the word Maidim, we thank you. Then Meshatkin we silence him. Right? Now the Gemara will explain why why we silence him. So says the Gemara, Bishlema. We understand if a person says, we understand, which means we give thanks, but you say it twice, you, you quieten them, you silence them. It appears as if you're dabbling to two gods, because why are you saying twice? And similarly, it's understandable that you silence somebody who says, in other words, we're saying is that for all good things, I bless your name. In other words, for the goodness that you do, your name is remembered. So we, we, if such a, per, if a person says that, we silence him. Why? Since the statement implies that we praise him for the good things that happen, but not for the bad things. Utanam, we've learned in a Mishnah, it's a mission later on in Brochus. Which says, a person is got to bless God for the bad, just as he blesses God for the good. And that's why we say, um, when you hear that a person has passed away, you say, so it shows even for something which is bad, you can make a brocha. So therefore, if he says, I bless your name only for good things, we silence him because that's not correct. However, but regarding that you are compassionate and your mercy extends to the bird's nest, my timer, why do we silence him? What's wrong with that? So answer the Gemara. This matter is disputed by two Amorim in Eretz Israel, Rabbi Yosef Ovin and Rabbi Yosef Zvida. Chadoma, one of them says, well, the reason why we silence him is because he instills jealousy into the works of his creation. Why? Because Rashi explains 
it looks like Hashem has mercy only on birds, but not on his other creatures. And we know we say in Ashrei, the Rachamov al-Kolmasov, that he has mercy over everybody, all his creations. So therefore, that seems to be wrong. And therefore, that's why we silence him. That's one, one view. The Chadoma, hello, hello. The Chadoma, and the other one says, because he's making the mitzvahs of Hashem into acts of mercy, but they're nothing other than decrees. Do you need to know where we're up to, Clive? I can't hear you. You have to unmute yourself. Can't hear. I can't hear. Can you hear me? Can you, Danny, can you hear me? I can't hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Right, you can hear me. Okay. Yeah. I can hear you now. So Clive, do you need to know where we're at, where we're at? Disappeared. Okay, and the second reason is why we silence somebody who says that your mercy extends to a bird's nest is because he makes the mitzvahs of Hashem into acts of mercy. But in Alexeris, there are nothing other than decrees. What this means is, it looks like the reason we do the mitzvah of Shalom HaKam is for humanitarian reasons. But it's not. It's because Hashem has commanded us to do them and the proof is that even if a mitzvah is not logical, so for example, you've got shutners. You can't have wool and linen together. We don't understand the reason. It's like a gazera. But we still got to keep it because it's God's mitzvah. Similarly, boss of meat and milk. Why can't we have meat and milk together? We don't know the reason, but we've got to keep it because that is God's rule. So similarly here, this is God's rule. You can't say it's given for humanitarian, even though it might show you know, you are humanitarian if you do it, but you can't say the reason is, because this was the, the lotion that it used, your, your mercy extends to the bird's nest. The reason why we have to send the mother away is because Hashem has commanded us to do it. We cannot give a logical reason, just like that's for humanitarian reasons, just as we can't give a reason for other things like Bosbacholov uh, and Shatnas, etc., Right. I, I can't hear anyone. Are Gerald, you... can you hear me? I can hear you now, Clive, yes. What's the meaning of instilling jealousy amongst the creation? What... The creation it doesn't get jealous. Well, uh, you know, it's just a way of saying, you know, that sort of, we might think that Hashem's, it, it, Hashem, that Hashem only has mercy on birds. Yes. He really has mercy on all his creations. But, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. When but... you say, does, does it sort of instill jealousy? And no. An animal, right, or, or, or a, yes. a, what do you call it? A bird is not going to be jealous. Obviously not. But it just puts it in a language that we can understand. What it means is, it, it, if you put it in that sort of language, it sounds like Hashem only has mercy on birds, but yes. not on other... Uh, uh, his other creations. And the so prophet says, Rachamov al-Kol 
Yeah, so it's an anthropomorphic statement, isn't it? Ah, very good, very good. I'm glad you said that rather than me. (laughs) It's too complicated a word for me. But anyway, (laughs) yes, absolutely correct. Sometimes we speak in in language that we can understand. That's right, quite right. Okay, um, let's carry on. A certain man went to the Omud in front of Rabba. The Omar, and he says, a very odd story, this. And he said, He said in his prayers, he said, You, God, have shown mercy on the bird's nest. So similarly, may you have compassion and mercy on us. Omar Rabba says, Rabba, when he heard this, how well this great scholar knows how to say the right things to God. So Abayah said, How can you say that this person is talking about God's mercy extending to a bird's nest and you're saying this is marvellous? But the Mishnah says, we silence him if he says that. So how can you say it's so good? So the answer is just testing. But Rabba Rabba too, he was aware of this Mishnah. He wanted to sharpen a buyer to see if a buyer would challenge him by stating this Mishnah, which is, you know, quite odd that they would play around like this, these important people. But it basically he wanted to test him to see if he knew this Mishnah. In fact, I think the Mephoshim asked the question. I mean, obviously, Abaya, obviously Abaya would have known it. It was a, it's a Mephoshim Mishnah. It's not that it's a far, some far-fetched somewhere in some safer that no one knows about. It's in a Mishnah. But, uh, you know, any case, he was, he was testing him to see if, uh, if he was aware of it. Okay, carrying on, the next question. Next story. A certain man went down to uh, be a bad filler. The reason why we say down is because we have a posse from the depths I call out to Hashem. And that is why, actually, in monks, there's, you know, it's especially been made that you go downwards towards the Omad because of the Mamakim. So that's why when it says, that the nochis means to go down. So he went to be to the Omer to be the chazan. Omer, he said as follows in his prayers. Which is exactly what we say in Shemana Esra. The, the great God, Hagibah, the mighty, Manoira, the foot fearful, etc. But then he didn't stop at that. Then he started to carry on. And then he said, Sorry, Glorious. Glorious. Strong one, by Yoro, the fear one, Hechozok, again, the strong one, by Amitz, the powerful one, by Vadai, the certain one, by Nechbod, and the honored God. So he went on and said all these, um, adjectives in addition to Hokela, Gobla, Gibbo, and which we, which we say. So Hintin, was he doing a good thing or was he not? So Hintin, Lai, Adasai, Rukhanina waited till he'd finished his Dabni. His sign, when he finished, Omalei said to him, Have you finished sort of uh, giving all, finished all the praises of your master? Why do you have to mention all those praises? These three that we've got, which is those three that we say in Shemitah Esra, he loved Omrinu Moshe Rabbeinu Baraisa, were it not for the fact it's a possible in Eik Pouches Eikev, 
which says of Kael Hagol Hagibar Banaira carries on Ashela Yisafonim, which not show favoritism, and does not take bribery. But way not that the Kael Hagol Hagibar Banaira is mentioned in the pasuk, but also and had the Anche Knesset Dana, the men of the Great Assembly, they came and established it as part of Tzvila. Had it not been for that, we wouldn't have been able to say them. We wouldn't even be able to say But as far as your percent, I would call it high result. And you continue and do all your own additions. Surely this is not right. Moshe, the Melech boss of Adam, it's similar to a king. King of flesh and blood, Shahoyalai Elif Alofim Din Rezov, who had thousands upon thousands of golden dinners. And people were praising, but saying he had dinners of silver. But like Anana, is it not a disgrace for him? For two reasons. First of all, he had thousands upon thousands, and you don't mention that, you just say it's nice that you've got silver. And also, the, the coins that he had were gold. So you're not even giving the right metal, you're saying it's silver. It's, it, it is a disgrace for him because the point is like this. Any praise that we offer to God has surely, it, it, it's got to fall short of what we really, you know, of, of what the real situation is. You know, they say more is less. And in Hebrew, there's a saying of the Gemara Kalamazif Korea, anyone who adds on takes away. In other words, who are we to start giving all these praises to God? It's only the Anshu Knesset, they had the power to put it in the Tzvila, and they put it in a Tzvila only because it's a posuk in the Torah, and therefore they were allowed to do that. But we, who are we allowed to start praising God? We're obviously going to fall short. So therefore he told him off, because because he added on, apart from the Kela God, he added on all his own embellishments. He shouldn't have done it. Right. Anyone want to? Yeah, I, I can't hear you, Clive. You have to unmute yourself. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Just a quick question on um, the fact that, as you quite rightly say, praising God uh, inevitably results in a person um, being uh, falling short of an Yes, yes. The, the men of the Great Assembly were great people, yeah. but presumably without the, those um, descriptions of God in, in Torah, they would not be able to insert that those um, accolades. Is that Correct. right? That's what, yes, that's what the Gemara says. So, so in other words, um, it, we're, we're fortunate that they inserted it, otherwise we'd always have to remain silent in praising God. Correct, that's right. Okay, thanks. Okay. Let's carry on. For Amar Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina says, Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for Yerushalayim, the fear of heaven. Now, if I can draw your attention to Rashi, because he explains it very well, it's about 10, 12 lines up from the bottom. Yes? It says like this, whatever happens to a person, is in the hands of God. Whether he's tall, short, he's poor, or he's rich, Chocham is wise, Shaitar is not, Lovon is white, Shachar is black, this is all in the hands of heaven. Right? The Millwall supporters would do well to note this. Okay? 
So Eidabar Aliyudei Shabbat. Ezu Mosa, sorry, Tzadik Marasha. Eidabar Ela Aliyudei. Eidabar Aliyudei Shemaim. That all comes through Shemaim, through heaven. Ezu, but this Yerushalayim, the Yodoshal Adam is in the hands of a person himself. The Nosan the Fonov, and God gives him Shnei Derochim two ways, two paths, as it were. And, you know, you can go down a good good way, or you can go down a bad way. He should choose for him Yerushalayim. So, in other words, everything else is in the hands of God, but Yerushalayim, as to whether a person will have fear of heaven or not, that is down to the person himself. So, um, as it says in the Posuk, Yisrael, and now Yisrael, this is in Pashash what does God ask for you? Kim the Europe, but to fear Hashem. So God is asking you to fear Hashem. So obviously God is saying it's down to you. Yerushalayim is down to you. So ask the Gemara, or to Yerushalayim, it is fear of heaven something small? Because what does the Posuk say? Vata Yisrael, and now Yisrael, what does God ask of you? Kim the just Yerushalayim, as if it's a small thing. Now, Yerushalayim, it's very hard to be on the Madrega, to be on the level to have Yerushalayim, it's very hard. So why does Moshe Rabbeinu express it in such a way as if to say, that's all God answer you, a little thing. But it's not a little thing. And not only that, has nothing in his treasure house other than a store of the fear of heaven. Shinem, as we say, Yiras Hashem, The fear of Hashem that is his treasure. Now, obviously, if it's a treasure, it's not easy to come by. It's a, it's a difficult thing if he keeps it in his treasure house. So if so, why, again, why does Moshe Rabbeinu express it as if it's something very, very easy? So answers the Gemara, and yes, Lagabe Moshe, Miltasachasahi. For Moshe who uttered it, it was a small matter. In other words, he referred it to as such, because for him, he was on such a high level that for him to have fear of heaven, remember, he was the shliach who looked after the Jewish people. He'd gone up to our Sinai and literally sort of seen Hashem as it were. So for him, it wasn't hard to have fear of heaven. So for him, so for him, even though he is sort of speaking to the Jewish people, nonetheless, for him, it's not so hard. And the Gemara goes on to give a marshal, marshal, a parable, a case of a person who one asks, one demands off a large keli, a large utensil, and he has it. cotton for him, it's like something small because he's got it available. Cotton for Einar, but if somebody demanded a small utensil for somebody, but he doesn't have it, it's like a large utensil. So similar, similarly, Moshe Rabbeinu for him, it was small because he had Yerushalayim. The Mephoshim do ask the very obvious question, but the Posik here says he's speaking to the Jewish people. He says, For Atzor Yisrael, now Israel, what is God asking of you to the Jewish people? Just a bit of fear, fear of heaven. So how does, when the Gemara answers, as far as Moshe Rabbeinu is concerned, it's a small thing, that doesn't really answer the question. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to Klal Yisrael. And for Klal Yisrael, it's not a small thing. That's the question they ask. 
And there's a lot of answers there, but one answer that I like very much, and is brought down by somebody called Chemdas Yeshua, I found it in the Masifta Gemara, he says like this, in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, people used to get punished immediately for any sin that they did. For example, the eagle, the golden calf, or Kairach, remember he went, he went, went to the hole, or the Makosha Sheikhs in, the person who collected the wood, he was stoned. So you've got immediate punishment. So then it wasn't hard to have Yerushalayim because you had fear of heaven. You were fear of the punishment because the punishment would come straight away as opposed to nowadays. And therefore the Gomorrah is to be understood somewhat different. And yes, we said, we asked, it's not a small thing. So we said, yes, the Gabi Moshe, as regards Moshe, it was something small. So he learns of Pshat in that Gomorrah saying, it doesn't quite mean that. It means in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a small thing for Yisrael because they had the fear of heaven, because they were worried immediately they would do something wrong, they would be punished straight away. And nowadays, though, if a person doesn't, you know, nowadays one doesn't get punished immediately, sort of, then you might get punished later, much later on. Therefore, it's much harder to be on the level of Yerushalayim, because you don't fear so much, because you're not worried about getting an immediate punishment. Can't hear. Hello? That makes a lot of sense. Because... Sorry? That, that is a really perceptive statement because yes. the B'nai Yisrael, yeah, yes. witnessed Hashem. They got a divine revelation. Exactly. So, so it, you know, so in a way, in a way, it's much easier for them to fear God than it is for us. Yes. Because though we believe in the Masorah, yeah. uh, we haven't the same direct link that they had. Correct. But, but I mean, the point is that the Gomorrah answers that it was, because the question of the Gomorrah was, is fear of God something small? Because the way Moshe Rabbeinu said it, all he asked of you is just a little bit of fear of heaven, as if it's a small thing. So the Gomorrah answer, did, the Gomorrah didn't answer yes for the Jewish people in those days, it was a small thing. He, he, he said, yes, as regards Moshe Rabbeinu, he was on the level for him, it was a small thing. So then came the obvious question, but Moshe Rabbeinu is, not is talking to Jewish people and saying all God wants of you is something small. So the question is how does how does that answer our question? It might be small as far as Moshe Rabbeinu is concerned, but the posuk is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to Klal Yisrael, and for them it's not small. But you could turn it on the other way as well, Gerald. Yeah. Because you say that they saw the um, miracles of Hashem. Yeah. So the year of mine wasn't such a, a big thing. But on the other hand, they saw the, the Aceris of Dibras being given, they saw the Torah being given, and six weeks later, it didn't seem to help much. Exactly. They, that's they, they, so they weren't yeah. You yeah. can ask that question. That's right. Well, that's what Clyde basically said, that the Gomorrah could have answered that the Jews of that generation did have year of because they'd seen all these great miracles. Yeah, but, but they the Gomorrah well, doesn't... Pardon? They didn't have Yerushmaim, because if they had Yerushmaim, how could they have seen such divine revelations and six weeks later well, they didn't There you are, there home. you are. So that would fit in, that would fit in with what we just said. That it, it, in other words, how can you say that Moshe Rabbeinu, regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, it's hard? It, we're not talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, we're talking about Kalisra. And Kalisra didn't have it. So we said the Yerush Hashem really it's not so much the fear of Hashem as the fear of punishment. Yes. You're scared of God, you know, sometimes you can be scared of somebody, you can be in awe of somebody because you admire them so much. Sometimes you can be in fear of them 
because of their powers. And you know that if you do something wrong, they'll punish you. So what that Mephorosh is saying is, it, it was the fear of punishment. They feared God. But why they feared God? Because of the punishment that would come immediately. Well, if they it was more of a God, fear of punishment than the fear of God. When they couldn't, and I just say to you, if they feared God so much... No, so what we... No. Punishment. There were fear of the punishment. Yes. Ah, yeah. That's what we answered. No, they weren't in fear of God so much. They were in fear of the punishment. So it's also a fear, but it's it's a fear of punishment rather than the fear of God. Do you mind if I I just quote something, which I heard from Rosh Hashvab when I was in Yeshiva, and he said there's two sorts of Yerushalayim. There's Yerushalayim Me'ava, and there's Yerush Shemaim Me'oinesh from punishment. Yero. Yeah, 99% of people are frightened of the punishment. That's why. Yeah, right. 1%, 1% do it from pure Ava. But Ramosh said those 99% is still a tremendous middah because it shows their makir that they're frightened of the punishment. It shows yeah, the yeah, yeah. Correct. In other words, they, they, they acknowledge that there is a rabbinic Correct. and that and, and there will be consequences if you do something wrong. So that's also Correct. an acknowledgement that God exists. I, I, hope, I hope you don't mind if I quote. Not that. at all. It's a very good point. Very good point. Um, Gerald. Yes. Gerald. Can I just? Uh, I, I, I'm being very careful what I say here because I'm going to speak about Moshe Rabbein himself. Yeah, our yeah. teacher. Isn't there the Gemara? Suggests a slight criticism that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't empathic enough to realize that for him, um, fear of God, you know, was not the same with B'nai Yisrael because for him it was e- it was easy. Why couldn't he ever realize that for B'nai Yisrael it was much more difficult? Well, perhaps with what we with the way we answered it, perhaps you can say that he realized that the fear of punishment was something easy for them because they knew that they would get punishment straight away. With the way we answered it, the way we answered the question, we can answer that as well. In other words, he's yes. saying, all he's asking you is to be, have a little bit of fear of punishment. Which yes. they did have. Yes, thank you. All right. Okay, let's just go a little bit further. So we said, So if you say Majim twice, you silence him. Because it looks as if, uh, as if he's doubling into two gods. Why, why do you have to repeat it? Omrab Zera, and we're not talking about a stammerer. We're talking about a person saying it, <laughs> saying it properly twice. Omrab Zera, if you say Shema Shema, it's like Modim Modim. In other words, you, he's got to be silenced. If you say Shema Yisrael, you say, mention it twice, it's the same thing as Modim Modim. It looks like you've got two gods. Mesave, they ask a question. If you read the Shema and you repeat it, Harizem Maguna. Maguna means it's a disgrace. It's not nice. So says the Gemara, Maguna who to have her. Okay, it's merely not nice. But it's not blasphemous. Because why do we silence a person? Because if you say it twice, it looks as if they're doubling to two gods. But it, there's a bracer which says if you say Shema twice, it's only Maguna. It's not nice. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't say you silence him. So that seems to go against what we just learned. That if you say Shema Shema, it's the same as Majim Majim, and you silence him. Answer the Gemara like Kasha. That is not a difficulty. Hold on, my Milsa Milsa Vatani law. When is it Maguna? In other words, you don't silence him, but it's just not nice. If you say each word of the Shema 
and you repeat it before going on to the next word. So, for example, you go, Shema, Shema, Yisrael, Yisrael, Hashem, Hashem, Elokele, etc. That you don't. But however, when do you silence somebody? The other case where you actually silence him is where he says the entire verse, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokele, Hashem, Echad, and then repeats the whole verse again, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokele, Hashem, Echad. Let's just look in Rashi. It's the bottom rush. It says, Milton, Milton, Matani, Law, Kol Teva, Mateva, Chayza, If he repeats each word, so he says, Shema, Shema, Yisrael, Yisrael. That is Maguna. That's not nice. But Shatuka, Lamashakin, we don't silence him. If you say, Shema, Shema, Yisrael, Yisrael, it does not look as if you're dabbling to two gods. It's a farce. It's a farce. Because However, on a posuk shalom, but you say a complete posuk, matoni law, and then you repeat it, mishas kinah law demasak shayshuris. There it looks like you do, you're dabbling to two gods. Because if you would say to a god, you don't say shema god and shema god number two. Hashem, god number one, Hashem number two. You don't do that. It sounds ridiculous. But if you say the whole posuk of shema Yisrael, Hashem alakeinu Hashem echad, to one God, and then you say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, to another thing, then it looks as if really as if you're doubling to two gods. So in that case, we silence him. But if you say, Shema, Shema, Yisrael, Yisrael, it's really just a farce. It's not a nice, not a thing that you should do, but we don't silence him for that. So, so, ask the Gemara, Amalera Popolabaya, hang on a minute. Why do we have to silence people? And why do we, it's Maguna, it's not nice, and all the rest of it. Perhaps when he said it the first time, he didn't have the kavana, he wasn't concentrating. And then afterwards he realizes he wasn't concentrating. So then he says it a second time with concentration. So what's so bad about it? Why do you have to you silence him or you say it's not nice? So he said to him, That itself would be a disgrace that you act towards Hashem with familiarity. In other words, you treat God like a friend, you're not concentrating. You know, your friend, you listen to, you might not listen to, and something else happens, you won't listen so well to him. You can't treat God like that. That in itself is a, is a disrespect. If you didn't concentrate at the beginning, we, we hit him with a smith's hammer until he does concentrate doesn't mean literally you hit him, but you, you make sure that he concentrates. But the point is like this. We do say, we have our locha, that if you don't concentrate on the first pasuk of Shema, you can repeat it. And by the way, the locha is that if you repeat it, when you repeat it, you should say it quietly. For this reason, for this reason, because since it's not clear, see, you know, we said that Rashi says it makes a difference if you say Shema, Shema, or you say the whole pasuk and repeat it. Toysa says the other way around. So the, so the Shulchan Aruch paskans lachumra for both. Don't say either. Don't say either Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad and repeat the whole pasuk again, and neither say Shema Shema Yisrael Yisrael. But if you have if you haven't had kavana the first time when you say Shema Yisrael, repeat it a second time, but not loud, because then you'll bring it to everybody's attention that you didn't daven kavana the first time. So therefore, what it means is like this: lechatzchila, it's considered a dover maguna an unpleasant thing that, that you have to repeat it because of a lack of kavana. But bidiyeved, afterwards, if you found that you did daven and you didn't concentrate on the first possible of Shema, 
then you do have to repeat it. Okay, so we'll leave it there. That's that we're now again at the Mishnah for next week. I hope you all have a good week, and let's hope we don't go into tier three by next Wednesday. Time for a quick. Well, well. That's, that's why, yeah. Gerald. have you got time for a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that's a source for the Chazan not uh, repeating, according to some uh, beliefs. The Chazan not repeating what? Repeating and singing, you know. When he oh, sings I see. Three, yeah, could be. Hey, that's the source. Is it? I, I don't know. I, I'm not aware, but but you're right. It could, could very well be. Yeah, it All makes right, a thanks. lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because if uh, you're repeating it, it's as if you're you know looking at this doubling to two gods. Yeah, that that could be. That could that's be. Quite, we don't, yeah, don't yeah. tell the Chazon in that because you know, they love repeating. Even if it's different uh, music the second time round. Yeah, would you say? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. You're right. It, it, from here, it seems clear that you're not supposed to, that you should. It's not a good thing to repeat. But but that's why well, Gerald, you can't uh, you can't criticize people who say Shema but Shema Shema but or you know they repeat it a hundred times. Yeah. Um, you can't really criticize them. What you just what we learn. You hear many people, especially Shiva Bachar, and they repeat it a million times. You must have heard that before. Gerald. Yeah, but the point is like this. The halacha is that if you do have feel you have to repeat it, you repeat it the second time quietly, because otherwise you'll bring it to everybody's attention mm-hmm. that you didn't have kavana the first time. And if that. you haven't got kavana, it's like treating God like a friend, and that's what we're saying. You must be... it, is a, it is a very common thing when you hear boys dabbling and very, very, from whatever, they do repeat it a lot, especially in Shema. Yeah, but if they're so from, they should concentrate the first time and there will be no need to repeat it. <laughs> okay? All right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's very <laughs> off when you hear people doubling like that. It is, but you do hear it. Yeah, okay, fine. Thanks, Gerald. Good night. Thanks, okay, really. good night. All good the best. Night. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.